This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs edition. I'm your host, Erica Lamps. My co-host today is Vanessa Valiente, who actually took over pretty much hosting the last episode. I might be the co-host today. I'm still not sure on how that's working. Very (laughs) sassy today. Our guest (laughs) is Elman Dean Todd of Godshard. (laughs) I just like saying that. Sounds like a town. Okay, let's talk about what we are continuing to drink. I am drinking now my... Second one of these I found, which is Peach Mango Angry Orchard. What's Super the alcohol excited content about this. I found two. It's really, it's peach. It's so nice. It's hard it's, fruit cider instead of apple cider. Anyway. It's Vanessa, dangerous. It is very um, I'm, I'm drinking rum and coke. I am almost towards the end here, so I'll need to hydrate soon, but yes. And unfortunately, we found out on the last episode some tragic news about Elman's beverage. What would your beverage have been, out of curiosity, if it had not been Pilford? So Iron Maiden uh, teamed up with um, a brewery in England called Robinson's. And Robinson's makes amazing beer. So they made a they made um, the Trooper Ale. It's a dark ale. And mm-hmm. that is what, you know, they serve it in pints. And that's one of my favorite drinks. So I would be drinking that and I would, Definitely have more than one. But, you know, <laughs> Iron Maiden, the band? Iron Maiden? Yes. yes. Oh, so they, uh, the singer got together with uh, Robinson's Brewery. And Robinson's is pretty big because, I mean, I went to a few pubs and they're like, yeah, we serve Robinson's. And um, so, and I've had, uh, yeah, they had uh, the Trooper, which, um, and then there's another ale, which is a light ale called the Light Brigade, named off the, you know, the English, the failed English attempt against the Russians. Um, but the, I'm more of a dark ale type of person. So is um, that but, like a yeah. limited edition or is that like going to be, on, is that in their lineup? I, I asked because that sounds amazing. I like darker beers. So, uh, no, is that going to be like around for a while? Yes. It's been around for a few years now. And, um, oh. I mean, whether it's in the can or in the straight from the bottle, it from the tap is the best, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yes, you can probably get it at a decent, um, shop that sells loads of it imports because i mean it's i mean it'll say on there premium british you know british yeah. beer or whatever and um when i went to the there's a country called isle of man which is between england and ireland um they have the tt races and they even show like you know they have the sponsor iron maiden's beer you know as <laughs> so yeah. one of the sponsors for the tt race so <laughs> Uh, I highly recommend it. Really good stuff. Um, that's one of the few things I drink. So um, I, I really don't drink too much, but I, I will drink that. I, I try not to buy it because I would be an alcoholic if I drink it. <laughs> if I had it with me. Good to know. So if you would like to make almond an alcoholic, it's very easy. <laughs> Go purchase Iron Maiden Trooper Dark Ale. Okay. Somebody later is going to read this and you're going to have some sicko fan that shows up with a bunch of beer and you're going to be like, what is up? Yeah, oh, all, if you really want to be, happy. if you're a true fan of Elman, bring him this beer to his table at the con, okay? And I mean, that, that, that's how you're going to get cases of beer. They'd have a trouble time because most cons don't allow you to bring alcohol from the outside. So there are ways. There are I mean, ways. If you ever try friend. to bring alcohol on a cruise ship, it can be done. 
You are grossly uh, oh, underestimating true. the power of cosplay. Do you know what you guys are um, <laughs> suggesting for the people out there? So um, technically, I'm still employed in law enforcement, and you're suggesting they smuggle. Yes, but you're not suggesting anything. We're suggesting it, and this <laughs> podcast is called Drinking with Authors. Yeah, I mean. So if you would like to drink with Elman, roughly about five days from now, you can figure out a way to smuggle <laughs> your cosplay, <laughs> Iron Maiden Troop. We are trying to help you out here. Stop trying to unhelp us, okay? Hey, hey, in five days, they can smuggle all they want. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, <laughs> clear out the job. So, you know, and, and it, I mean, I've always was kind of a bit weird anyway, but they were cool about it. I mean, you know, law enforcement, like I've worked for two agencies, the police department and the sheriff's and they were always cool with me writing and whatever. And, and I mean, they go, Oh yeah. You know, feel free to tell everybody about that. You know, so they, they, they were actually very supportive, so I, I can't complain, but, um, but yeah, um, now I can, I'll grow my hair out really long soon as, and after I leave and, um, and, um, I might be doing some wild cosplay at the conventions next time you see me. Oh, cool. Very cool. See, definitely you're going to need a beverage. I'm yes. not going to lie. When I go to conventions, beverages enter with me. <laughs> I'm a vendor, though, so we can get away with a lot more. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> so let's do rapid fire questions. That's what this part of the podcast is. What is your favorite right. book of all time? Favorite book of all time? Oh, gosh. That was that caught me on. Uh, I mean, you blindsided me with that one. Um, well, welcome to rapid fire questions. That's what we do here. <laughs> well, I'll give you a non-rapid fire response because I, I'm having trouble thinking. Um, let's start with the one that really got me into reading and writing. Um, Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Um, and actually, uh, right now, uh, four more days left. Um, I'm a resource officer, and the assistant principal was my fifth grade teacher 30 years ago. And um, so... I even told her, I said, hey, uh, remember that one time you read that book to the class and then I asked to borrow the rest of them and you lent them to me and you said I could take them home? Well, uh, yeah, I wrote here. I wrote a couple books now. So um, <laughs> she, she was really she was pleased by it. She goes, oh, you became a you know a police officer and you, you write books. But um, but yeah, I would say I'm going to credit that one because that one got me into writing. Um, that one got me into my that sparked my interest into the fantasy and all that. And, you know, that opened, I guess, the, you know, I guess the window to the soul, if you could, you know, call it something. Well, that got super, super fancy there with the line. <laughs> what is your least favorite book? Least favorite, 50 Shades of Grey. Thank you. High five. We're just going <laughs> to high five and we're not going to give it any more discussion. Okay. Next. Question, Vanessa. I fucking hate that book. That book is terrible. I, I threw it in the trash. I, I, I was recommended that by so many people. They say you have to read it. You have to read it. And I was like, okay. I saw it on sale at Target for almost nothing. So I was like, the hardcover, by the way, it was under five dollars. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll take it for under five. Um, after about the main character blushing fifty times before I, you know, put it down, I was like, okay, I had enough. I didn't get that far. I haven't read them. In, it's fucking terrible. Okay. <laughs> She'll, she will never, EL, she will not be on my podcast ever. Ever. <laughs> I, I have no, nothing against her personally. I just didn't like her book. So, you know, there we go. I'm going to ask, what is, 
your favorite like book or movie, like book to movie or TV show adaption? Do you feel like was like perfect? Mm. Book to movie to TV show adaption. Hmm. That, you know, and I've t- I just got done telling you on the last one that uh, I don't watch too many movies. Um, uh, there have been a few, um, I wouldn't say, definitely not Harry Potter, but, um, let's see. I think probably I'm going to go a little old school here. Black Beauty. Black Beauty. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, they've done a pretty good job with the movie and it's, you know, a very good book. So, um, I would, uh, yes, uh, that's the only thing. And I would I wanted to claim Back to the Future, but uh, Back to the Future, because there are Back to the Future, the you know, the novel, but um, I never got through the whole thing. So, um, mm-hmm. and I heard a novel had uh, quite a bit more going on, you know, details. So, but Black Beauty, I've read, I've read the book and I've seen the movie. It's been a long time, but um, I liked both. So. How did you feel about Narnia? You said Narnia was your favorite book. Like, do I did you not feel- see the movie, so I can't, can't um, I, I, so I can't judge. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I remember, you know what? I will tell you this. It was the BBC Narnia, which now I w- rewatched and it wasn't as magical as it was when I was a kid, but the BBC Narnia is what got me to read all the books. Cause oh, I really? loved it. The movie so much. And so, and then I watched the, you know, um, which is the one that Disney came out with a couple years back, which they, none of these people tend to finish out the whole series. Like, why can't they do all the books? I'm waiting for that day. But because the movies didn't make money. I know, but there's that is so the answer good. to any question of why they don't finish things <laughs> is the movies don't make money. So they stop doing that or they do dumb things and miscast people so that they're too old to play Percy Jackson in the movies after a certain mm. point. Yes. Because actors true. age. People forget that, but they you do. They age? Are you serious? Like, I, I know. have no idea. Totes, totes weird. <laughs> totes. Okay. Best fan experience. Oh, um, I could say a recent one. Um, I met yeah these two just recently, and they went and opened up a Reddit discuss a Reddit page for my book series. So I would probably say that ranks up there. Um, and yeah, let's just say that one. I'll leave that as that since this is rapid, rapid fire. Do they dress up as their characters, or they just gushed over your books in your presence? They were pretty quite uh happy with the they, they like the video game they were more enamored with the video game um aspect um so that that got there um another uh, okay another fan experience and um so she didn't read the book uh but um at the time but i had the uh, um the promotion of blood night and the you know the main one of the main characters is althea she has blonde hair and it parts right here well this girl came up and, and then her mom was looking at my books and her mom was like, said to her daughter, she's like, you look like that girl in the poster. And everybody around the table says, Oh yeah, she kind of does. And I mean, her eye shape, she had those walnut shaped eyes and then she had her hair parted the same hairstyle. And, you know, she had the same angle in her face. Um, so I, I was like, Hey, can I get a picture with you standing next to the poster? So I did. And, um, 
So I, I got their contact info and what happened is um, her um, mom and dad got um, this armor, Althea's armor, you know, it's like this chest plate and a cape and uh, her mana lance, which is the weapon I created for my series. It's called a mana lance. Um, they made all that together. And so I, I told you the last one was um, with the um, Heather Spytek, which was the um, Playboy Playmate who modeled. Well, this girl is Coral. She she modeled with Heather for the cover of my the the next next book. So so yeah, That's that was so a cool. Awesome. So that was cool. Yeah, they end up they got that book. Her dad read it and was like, oh um, yeah, let's uh you know. So he started crafting that you know helping get the armor pieces together. So she's going to come with me to my one at my next convention, which is Fanboy Expo, and she's going to try to promote it dressed as Althea, one of my characters. So um. It's going to be, we're going to see how that goes. Um, she's super excited. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm all about, you know, trying new things. So, so it, it should be fun. And it, cool. they'll, they'll have someone better look at than me. I mean, you know, I figured so. <laughs> well, it's hard to beat a chicken plate now. Not going to lie. Like, that's <laughs> yes. definitely a thing. Okay. Worst, weirdest fan experience. What is the weirdest fan experience you've ever had? Um, haven't had any really no, I can't say I had any weird ones yet. Um, nothing comes to mind. Um, well, so apparently Gauntlet Throne out there listening. Elman needs you to act weird and bring beer. I like it. Both of yes. these just, things. <laughs> just don't be, uh, you know, taking off all your clothes, you know, have, having someone come up and take all their clothes off in front. I don't want them to be escorted out, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, hey, go, go for it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not responsible for them being escorted out. So why are you worried about it? Well, I mean, if they're, they're a fan, I worry about that. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, Vanessa, next. Ooh. Um, what is, okay. What is your favorite video game? Um, I had to fight the, uh, the editor in chief for um, what was that RP gamer about this, but dragon quest 11 S I gave it one of my favorite of all times. Um, the story, when you think you beat the game, the story goes into the third act, which um, surprises just about most people because I mean, it's a long story. Uh, I would say the the characters are really memorable and, and really, a lot of people discount video games, but it's the new way to tell a story because unlike movies or even seasons of, uh, you know, you watch your favorite seasons on Netflix or whatever, uh, video games, you go with these characters for over, you go on a journey with them for over 100 hours. And mm -hmm. I mean, they have voice acting now and they have a nice musical, like an orchestrated score. Sometimes that goes along with the really sad moments when someone dies. Um, they're really the, the new form, except except for being a passive audience, you bond with them more because you're an active audience. You control them. You, in some ways you can control like certain scenes with them. So mm -hmm. it's, um, so you get more emotional attachment to them. So, but Dragon Quest 11, uh, close also up there, Xenoblade Chronicles one and two, um, very, um, you know, you can look at reaction videos for all three of those games I mentioned, and you'll see loads of people crying, um, both men and women when they play these games. Um, even one was just bawling her eyes. She couldn't even continue playing. So, I mean, that's, that, that's how uh, highly I rate these games. Um, so, and hopefully I'd hope to create the same with Godshard Chronicles, um, that style of storytelling. That's, that's my ultimate goal with the video game. 
that actually is like the hugest compliment to see, I guess, to hear someone crying on a video game because that means that they connected to the characters well and and you know they whoever wrote the the characters wrote them in a way that made them relatable and oh, you know you could identify they've been doing it for years um final fantasy 10 was famous for that uh i mean i mean yeah xenoblade chronicles uh dragon quest um they've been doing it for years it's just i think a lot of people were unaware of that medium but mm -hmm. i just i remember um everybody i talked to who played through final fantasy 10 when they said they got to the ending they're like most reviews said so they cried. YouTube videos, you can see the evidence out there. Is that the one with uh, lightning? No, I did not like that one. That was horrible. That was uh, uh, just as we talked about Fifty Shades of Grey. That's the Fifty Shades of Grey of Final Fantasy, and um, uh, you know, and I'll back that. I mean, that, that that's you know, I did not wow, like the Vanessa. Wow, wow, <laughs> just so, walked into that landmine, didn't you? I, I'm just trying to remember because I'm hor I love Final Fantasy, but I'm horrible with like what number was what, you know. Uh, and Thirteen so came out. It was over ten years ago now, but um. They're up to 15 now, and they're going to make six. They're developing 16. But I grew up all the way. I played one. This one came out in the 80s. So mm -hmm. I started at one, and then I started from there. So, um, but uh, 10 was my favorite was six. That, but um, that was during the, they didn't have like the voice acting at the time. So, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, 10, 10 is up there, but um, I still like six better. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I got off topic. We're, we're no, talking about books, not games. This is the entire point of this podcast. We're allowed I, to get off topic. I oh, do have Vanessa. another question. I have a backup question. Because you triggered, when you were talking about the video games and the music, um, one of my favorite things is listening to music when I write. And specifically, I do listen to music from game, uh, video games, movies, soundtracks, when I'm trying, especially with fantasy, you want to spark, you know, emotions or battles yeah. or do you do write thing. to music? But, uh, yes, I, I use some music as an inspiration to write a scene. And um, some of it will come from these orchestral scores. Um, so, yes, I do. Um, I, I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm completely with you. I, I can relate. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, you, you some some of these songs will really you know, set the scene. I mean, it's, it's really the scene is, is what you're going for. And they set the scene and all you gotta do is just write the scene. Is there, so. is there a particular one that's your favorite? Um, no, it just really depends on, I mean, of course I played through so many games, um, like Noriyuki Iwadade, he's, he's written many, you know, soundtracks already. So, I mean, he's one I listen to. Sometimes I'll listen to his, um, if I want, um, to capture a feel of a certain character, interacting with a love interest or such i'll listen to this song that appeared on this game which had a similar scene and and it helps get me in the mood to write like a scene like that or you know there's a scene with a lot of tension or a lot of um desperation you know i'll listen i'll listen to something like that too um or um you know long drives i'll listen to music and then i'll slowly form you know that loose outline i told you about in my head so yeah so, but no, I relate uh, exact. I do exactly what you do. So yeah, it's, no, I, it, same it's way. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so your um, profession does uh, lend itself well, but how do you handle fight scenes? Because I've seen a lot of people who write fight scenes, and they write additional appendages and stuff like that. That you know, he grabs this hand with this hand, he grabs this hand with this hand, and then he punches him in the face, and I'm like. How many arms does this human have? Because we've now <laughs> gone through three. 
And although I appreciate the vigor, I don't think that's accurate. Do you do any, how do you play out your fight scenes? How do you do that? I keep it, I don't get too detailed. Um, I mean, I've taken, I mean, I'm, by the way, I'm no MMM, uh, MMA fighter or anything like that. But I mean, I, I have trained to fight. I took, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, you know, some boxing. I've been in plenty of fights at work. Um, you know, people of all sizes, I mean, um, you know, small, much bigger, larger than me, um, you know, some where, you know, you're like, oh, am I going to make it through alive on this one? So um, one thing when you get in a fight, you get an adrenaline dump. So um, I, I thought I, you know, I, I pulled like a ligament or something in my thumb when I was, uh, I, I hyperextended it, didn't pull it, but um, I hit the guy in the face because he was fighting us. And, um, I didn't notice I injured my thumb. Um, because I, I mean, I hit, I hit, I accidentally hit him at a certain angle, which wasn't good for me. Um, although it wasn't really good for his face either. But, um, uh, when I went to cuff his friend who was, you know, not very cooperative, I couldn't grab his friend, but I didn't know why. And it was because the adrenaline dump and, and most of the fights I've been in, I didn't realize I was, I was injured until afterwards. So when, you get these fight scenes and you, you know, people feel all this injuries and during a midst of a fight, that's half the time. That's not true because you got so much adrenaline. Also, when you're fighting somebody, you have to watch out, you get tunnel vision. That means all the blood is going, you know, I mean, your vision really dims and it gets in, in, and really in a fight, you don't want that. You want to be aware of everything, um, your peripheral vision, but it's, it's really hard and it, it's a natural reaction. And, um, so, I would say um, I try to write my fight scenes as I experience them, but, you know, keep it in a narrative type of way that's entertaining for the audience. Because, I mean, if I write it exactly like like a police report, police reports are boring. They're just mm -hmm. all facts. So you got to have one thing that's and I would say to add on to that, uh, police reports is very detrimental to writing a novel. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen police authors who try to become uh, police officers who try to become authors and they start writing their stuff in police, like a police report. And some of them, some police officers write in a lot of passive voice. Like this was, you know, <laughs> he was struck by this. He was, you know, hit by that. Um, so that was one thing I had to retrain myself um, from years of police report writing was to get back into, you know, narrative writing where, um, or actual prose writing where you capture your emotions uh, or the emotions of your characters and all that. So, um, but yes, fighting fighting's concerned. It, it does help. Um, you know, like I said, I've seen stabbings, I've seen gunshot wounds, I've seen you know dead people here and there. I've I've saved people's lives. Um, you know, and I mean I've seen people beat beat the hell and back. So that all that I can apply to my stories in a way that's you know won't take the reader out of the immersion, you know, because mm -hmm. if you have something silly, like, oh, I stabbed him in the leg and he dropped over dead. That's, that's a little bit silly. You know, they'd be like, that wouldn't happen. You know? <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Did you actually answer the question I asked about how you keep additional limbs and stuff like that? I mean, how many people have been in your fight scenes? Like if there are five people, how do you keep track of all five of the humans in the fight scene? Um, or elves or fairies or goblins or well so far when they had five people um if more than five people usually my main character will also have some help so he just focuses on the one or two he's fighting right then and there 
Um, and I don't have my character where he's just like um, taking on like a hundred and he's just a skill because I mean, I, from what I've noticed, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. You get 10 people jump you surround you in a circle. You can't see all of them. I mean, so I don't make my character like a super, super being, you know, I, I, I try to make it where there's a conflict, there's a challenge because I mean, the more conflict and challenge you have, the more rewarding it is for the reader when your main character overcomes these challenges. So. But do you but, ever yeah, act it out when you're like, have you ever been like in a room by yourself and kind of like, okay, I'm here. And you're just trying to like, sort of, you know, I've hear writers do this, like in front of mirrors, you know, just to kind of like, kind of play it out and, and be like, okay, this arm is over here. This is over here. Like, do you do anything like that? No, I don't, I don't uh, mess around too much. Like I said, I don't get too dragged into the details. Um, my fight scenes are, you know, I try to keep it quick and, you know, basically entertaining, but moving on to the next point. So I don't have like uh, to answer your question. I don't have all the appendages as left hand in this or as right, unless it's really necessary to, you know, the, the actual scene, you know, like, so, uh, you know, my main character is left-handed. So I might mention, you know, his, you know, if his left hand gets injured, he can't, obviously he's have to use his off hand for his, you know, to use a sword, you know, I'll mention that, but I don't, you know, keep track of all, you know, the steps involved with that because um, you can get too technical and you can get too boring. If that doesn't make sense, or at least in my opinion, I mean, some people could pull it off. Every writer's different. So if you can pull it off, by all means, keep doing it. <laughs> what do you think your um, uh, writer Achilles heel is like, where do you have difficulty? Uh, romance. And that's why I, um, romance and it used to be female characters so um which i actually like writing female characters because it's challenging and i try to get into that mindset and that's fun for me but mm -hmm. romance um i'm you know i'm just i was never a romantic type of you know like i'm gonna buy you flowers which um you know um mm -hmm. trust me i had many lectures and when i during my university days about that um you know what you're not very sensitive at all or you don't do this and you're not very thoughtful well i mean it's just i just you know not that kind of person you know i'm more like you know um a mission oriented sort of chap you know so um romance that's why when um so god shard series is for uh, we take on other authors i love if another author comes to write for my series um you know i don't want to be the only storyteller i want it to be a shared world so when I approached Garner, Garner writes female characters and he covers romance. And I was like, oh, that's um, something I don't cover. That could be like, you know, uh, so my Achilles heel um, could be like, you know, that's one thing he covers that can, you know, he could write a story on that. And that's how I see other authors. I see what their strengths are. I don't, I don't ever look at another author and it's, to me, it's like a pissing contest, you know, like, oh, well, um, uh, uh, is, I'm better than you with this. I don't think like that. I think like, oh, what's this one good at? Because I might want to collaborate with them, you know? Like, no, what, I think that's actually pretty cool, especially in a when you're in a collaborative situation where if it's your weakness, you find to work with other people that you mesh well, who are stronger in that area so that your world is very uh, versatile and it has right. all these different components. So that's actually a pretty a cool way of looking at it, you know, is your weakness okay. will be like, OK, no problem. I'll just find someone who can who can do that. 
Exactly. And, and this, my latest upcoming book, Blood Night, I'm actually tackling more um, scenes with Althea um, because it has her point of view. And I'm really covering her stuff and uh, also covering um, more of the romance, uh, trying to. Um, but those are really challenging for me to write. But once again, I mean, it, it's fun. It's and I like a challenge. But but yeah, um, when it comes to other authors, I always look for stuff that, you know, hey, you know, what what can you do? Um, what, what are you good at writing? Like, uh, for example, you cover like the serial killers and stuff like that. Like, that's something I could never do. So I, I, I always have like um, I always see other authors as like, oh, you know, potential collaboration or let me pick your brain. You know, how do you do this? You know, so it's. Uh, and that's, I think that's really how, I mean, this is all, if, if you think you know everything about writing, you're not going to, you, you have let, reached a peak. You're not getting better. You plateaued. If, mm -hmm. As long as you feel like you can learn something new, which um, you're in constant state of learning, you're going to get better. And I think that's, you know, how anybody, any artist should be, whether you draw, paint or write. No, I think that's a really good perspective to have, because I think that if, you know, there are things that I think each of us as uh, authors or just creatives, I'm going to say the word creative, do really, really well. And I think if you can't recognize that you don't do that very well, like I'm very well aware of the fact that I never wanted to have a world building book ever in the entire world. I don't care if I have a fantasy idea or sci-fi idea, if it involves me having to keep track of a stupid freaking book and stuff. Nope. Zero interest in moving forward with that. I know I will be terrible at it. I do not want to do it. But um, I think that when you can find your strengths and as, and as an author and lean on those and also know when somebody else can help you and reach out to those people and go, I like this style because romance is also very subjective to the person reading it. And fantasy romance, in a way, is very different than, say, modern day sweet home romance. You know what I mean? Yes. Where the entire book needs to be a romantic swirl of something. So it's very subjective. And some people want to read that. And some people are like, okay, skip to the end. Got it. You got her flowers. Moving on. You know, like, so I, I think that's very smart. Okay, Vanessa. I'm giving you the final question. Oh, gosh. No pressure. Yeah, I know. Uh, I can tell by the amount of rum and coke you've had that it's not sitting on the top of your brain. I appreciate <laughs> you, though, very much. Not oh, one of Vanessa's strengths, not as an author, but as a co-host. I oh. like putting her on the last question because it totally messes her up because I can tell she's like, I'm just enraptured in what people are saying. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna time. ask. Do you use any special programs when you write? Uh, I personally like writing in Scrivener. Um, I think that also goes because it's great for housing my world building notes, Erica. I hate so, Scrivener. But moving on. <laughs> uh, do you do you handwrite or do you Scrivener or you only use Word or what's your kind of your method of of writing? Well, uh, that's a good question, because um, I've heard loads of people use Scrivener, and um, I guess I'm just old-fashioned, but um, so I'm left-handed, so if I, I, I prefer writing, but I smear the page and my handwriting, um, half the time when I make notes, I can't read it afterwards, mm. so, um, and I do that in police work all the time, I like try to take a report and it's like, okay, what, what, what was the description of that subject again? <laughs> um, by the way, I say this now because I'm leaving. So if any of like, you know, my supervisors saw this or they'll, they'll probably laugh anyway, because uh, <laughs> I usually admitted such silly things, but um, I use word. Um, and one thing 
the reason being is because, and even with Word, I don't like it when it tried. I mean, it's nice when it catches a spelling or a grammar error, but sometimes when you want it intentional, um, it's that gets annoying when you see those, you know, red or blue lines on the screen, with, with, mm -hmm. which Word does. Um, but no, I just prefer doing it in Word. Um, uh, I've got used to writing and, you know, I know some people write better when they write pen and paper and I, I get it. I do too. I just can't, uh, I just can't write very well. Um, so that's why I use Word and Scrivener. I just haven't played with it yet. I suppose if I played with it one day, um, and I call that you like, don't um, want to build a world book. Don't bother. <laughs> It's a lot of effort. Not that Scrivener is bad, but if you do not want to save all of the things and go through the minutia of creating character cards and all of that stuff, like if that is not your jam, nope. Scrivener is not the tool for you. Thanks for saving me the work then because, uh, because that's how I would see it as, oh, this character card. Well, okay, then I'll get on a tangent on building character cards and all that. And then what I, what I did, did not do. I did not write the chapter I was meant to write, which I could have had done, but I was doing character cards and, you know, whatever. Well, Scrivener, don't be offended. I think you're fantastic for certain authors. But well, I'll, I will tell you, since you are using Word, I was the same way, because especially with fantasy, you have a lot of unique words. If you just add it, right click it and add it to the dictionary, it won't do the squiggly lines anymore. Okay. Um, I think I... See, I did it the dumb way. I did it ignore. And I do um, what I do initially is I put each chapter as its own doc, Word document file. So mm -hmm. chapter one is one file, chapter two, and then I'll combine them at the end. And then, you know, with when I do the um, formatting. But um, uh, uh, but yeah, I, what I do is do ignore all. Oh, but the problem is if you ignore all and then you exit out of it and then you reopen it, it yes. populates them back up. So what I would do is, especially when you have unique names. Oh my goodness, we're giving word lessons. I mean, I'm just helping you. Well, uh, wrapping up the podcast, nobody's like, this um, is the crescendo is a word lesson from <laughs> Vanessa. Okay, well, I, for my fantasy writers out there, if you're tired of those damn squiggly lines, you add it to your dictionary and you won't see those. I'll do that anymore. next time. I just, um, <laughs> I, you know what? It, it's as simple as it sounds. And probably some people be like, why didn't you think of that? Or uh, you didn't know that? Well, um, you know, I was I was cheap back then. I just I mean, I just purchased word within the last, you know, past year. So, um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was using like even something cheap. I think oh, it was that. What's the other one you can download for free or whatever? Um, I think it's like uh, a notepad. No, I wasn't using notepad. It was another program and it was, uh, it, it led you saved word documents. Anyway, it didn't have all the fancy stuff like word does. So mm. I was just used to that, but um, it got me by. I mean, I, I managed to write like um, two novels with it. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you done with your word lesson for the day there? I'm done. Erica. Sorry. I disappointed you, but you, you know, I was hoping for a really epic question and what I got was a lesson in how to use Microsoft word, which <laughs> does not help my buzz at all from my peach mango. So anyway, that's like, you know, you pick up a, you know, um, someone, you know, off Tinder, um, not to say that Vanessa does it all the time. And they have the picture of the Lamborghini in the background and he looks handsome and he shows up in a beat up car and he looks like really disheveled, like he, you know, came from a meth lab. <laughs> I love that somehow this equaled the Tinder analogy for Vanessa. That was awesome. Now that's an ending to this podcast that I appreciate. 
Hey, just because I saw her on Tinder. I'm, I'm just kidding. That's, that's <laughs> wow. Okay, nobody go on Tinder looking for Vanessa and start swiping. Okay, we're not doing that. She's on there. Just don't do it. It's creepy and weird. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. that was a joke. I didn't know she was on there. <laughs> okay, I'm mostly kidding. I'm not kidding at all. It's fine. Don't go on there. Okay, but let's um, tell people how to find your books. Okay, so um, you can go on Amazon, just search Godshard, which is one word, one word, by the way, G-O-D-S-H-A-R-D, or yeah. you can do godshard.com, and it'll have the links on the, you know, you click on the books, and it'll, it'll take you right to the um, page. Or if you want a signed copy, you can um, always contact, and I, I believe we have it even on a, an eBay shop, too, so... Um, I'd have to check on that because I haven't checked on that in a while. I've been too busy writing. And so. obviously look for um, at conventions and stuff because he would love to sign books. If you come up to the booth, most especially bringing him Trooper by Iron Maiden English Beer. Go ahead, find it somewhere. Yeah. And if you cosplay as one of his characters. I'm just saying he probably will give you a free book if you cosplay as the character and show up at his booth. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there for you. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> He's like, Okay. Now you have to tell us if anyone smuggles in beer for you, and especially if it's in a unique way, you'll have to keep us updated on that. I'll tell you some interesting stories too. Once we get, um, I mean, I've had some interesting other stories, not not pertaining to my booth at you know these conventions, but you know, um, nothing. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to do well. I actually have given away free books. Uh, you know, if, if like some middle school um, kid, one middle school kid, he really, he picked it up. He really wanted it. He asked his mother, says, can I have this? Can I, can, can we get it? She's like, no. Well, I remember being in middle school. I wanted books and I couldn't afford them. So I was like, you know, here you go. You know, I mean, um, and that's the thing. I mean, not to say I encourage shoplifting, but if someone ever stole my, uh, well, actually um, someone found a discussion about, uh, about pirating my books. So somebody wanted Dark Pariah. That was, um, the, you know, the one I wrote after Curse Night. Um, mm -hmm. they, they were talking about how to get it downloaded for free. And they say, you need to stop this. And I said, no, no, let them do it. They want to steal my book to read it. Let them steal my book and read it and, and pass, just pass the word around. Spread the word. That's all I care about. Yeah, I don't mind. So, um, Do but, not but, steal his book and read it. Download the book, pay for it. Believe it or not, creatives need to be supported for their artwork. Yes, it does help. But, um, you know, I'm not going to go after you with a, you know, a shotgun or whatever, all that. So <laughs> please don't. Please don't. That's probably frowned upon. Okay. This has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been the amazing and fantastic Vanessa Valiente. And our guest has been the magical Elmendine Todd and we thank will you. see you guys next time alright thank you for having me and once again do not go on Tinder looking for Vanessa <laughs> 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 <laughs>